<clears throat> Welcome to the show, we're so glad you're here, now let's have some fun, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to another episode of The Brian Trust. My name is Brian, and he is also Brian. Uh, Brian's off this week because of work obligations, uh, but I wanted to record and get an episode out because I didn't want us to go. Since we missed last week, I wanted to make sure we weren't going too long without another episode out in the can. So I decided to do this one solo and see what happens. Uh, so yeah, I think it'll be a bit of a confessional episode. I didn't make a lot of notes as to what I wanted to say today and things to talk about. Uh, we didn't record last week mainly because I was sidelined. Um, I had injured my back. Uh, it was just a pulled muscle. I think I've been sitting too much kind of thing. Um, but I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so this will be a shorter episode because it's just me and I don't know if I really feel like talking for an hour straight, but we'll see what happens. The uh, the, the back injury I had happened kind of at the end of the month. Um, and like I was sitting at my desk, I was just playing video games and stuff and I took a break to go get dinner. So I stood up and got this shooting pain up the left side of my back, just kind of toward the bottom. And, uh, so, you know, I laid on the floor, I iced it, I did all this stuff that everybody had told me what to do with. And so I, I did that and it was fine. Um, what happened after that then was... Everything seemed okay. I went back to work. And then about a week after that, it flared up again. And it put me in bed for probably about four days. Um, it was excruciating. <laughs> like it was all down my left leg. It really hurt. I think it was, I don't know, it was still just a pulled, like a muscle spasm combined with maybe pinching on the nerve a little bit. I'm not really sure yet. Uh, the doctor seems to think it's okay. By the time I saw him, though, most of the pain was gone, and I could, you know, still move around and stuff. And I'm doing physical therapy for rehab and things like that. One of the interesting things that came out of the physical therapy the first day I went, I went just the other day to start doing that, and um, they get you in this machine that's kind of like a roller coaster chair sort of thing for your back. It's a lumbar extension device, and it's got like a big computer screen so you can measure the. Uh, path of your back and how things are stretching and where you should be. And so they ran me through a couple of tests and the results were interesting to me only because it reminds me just how out of shape I am. <laughs> um, my upper body strength is not what it should be for sure, which explains the back issues and things like that. I, I would say anything from the waist up uh, muscular muscle wise uh, leaves a lot to be desired. I've never really been able to do a push-up effectively. Um, Setups, eh, you know, I mean, as long as my feet are anchored under something, then, but then my legs do most of the lifting on that, so it's not one of those things. And I realize how much of the body's actually connected together and how much of that needs to work in concert to get things going. And I talked to the physical therapist, who the gentleman who runs the place is a chiropractor, as well, and we were talking about how the spine moves around and stuff, and I'd heard some of this before, but it didn't really sink in. You know, I'm not getting any younger, so I started. I've really started thinking about uh, my body and and taking care of it, and wish I had done this a lot sooner, kind of thing. Um, you know, I started dropping weight uh, since November, when, before the holidays, when we were doing. That, I'm down almost 30 pounds at this point, which is like, yay! It's a good start. 
Um, and I, I was obviously going to keep going with that, but I really wanted to, and that's mainly just on diet alone. Like I hadn't been exercising heavily. I hadn't been doing anything other than tracking calories. And I do use my fitness pal and, you know, I, I could get into the politics of that, but I mean, it was just, I just made the choice to not switch because you can't change from everything. You have to, yeah. In the age of, in the age of our current state of political affairs, um, some people do it by pulling the money from businesses that support the, you know, the winner of the election. Um, and yeah, I think that's okay to a point, but since I'm not spending any money on it, I don't feel quite so bad. They're probably earning money off the ads that the apps keep showing and whatnot, but you know, if they're going to get my fractions of a penny, uh, you know, I, I can stress about that stuff, but honestly, corporations, especially large ones like that tend to give to both sides on a political and in the, in this country with the Democrats and the Republicans, a lot of these companies give to both, both parties, because they're hedging their bets. That's business. You want to make sure that whoever you're talking to, uh, whoever's in power, is going to listen favorably to you and get your agenda forwarded. So, you know, it's that is what it is. And um, plus, I've got months of data on there, and I'm not sure exactly how to pull it off yet. As soon as I can figure that out, maybe I'll switch to another application. I've heard better ones uh, than the one that I use uh, for that, but. I'm a guy. Uh, if I find a tool that I like, I tend to stick with it for as long as I can. It's like ha- it's like having a favorite kind of shirt or um, like a favorite brand that you like to wear that's like no longer in business, but you'll do everything you can to keep holding on to that for as long as possible because you know it's like they make shirts that are super comfortable and they fit you and they're great, and then they're out of business, and you're like, no, I want those shirts still. What do I do? And you'll you know find stuff on eBay. You'll go hunting for them, and as long as they're in good condition, it's like okay, I can keep wearing this shirt. You know, it's that one. I have this flannel shirt that doesn't even go around my waist anymore, but I've had it for like twenty years, and I don't want to get rid of it because when I wear it, it's comfortable. Uh, it's not worn out, you know, because um, you know wearing flannel in Arizona is kind of like a one to two month thing out of the year. Uh, but but uh, so I. During this week that I was in bed, I started thinking about um, how frustrating it was to be there because I wanted to get up, but it hurt too much. At least the first couple of days, like it really hurt. Um, and I thought about it, I was like, I was mad because I wasn't at work. Even though I'm not thrilled with my job because it's not in my chosen career field, um, I don't hate my job out of the blue. Like it's it's okay. And I, I get paid nice. I get paid well for what I do. So I have no complaints about that. The um, I think where it comes from is again it's just it's not what I want to be doing and so I really started thinking about that it's like what is it I want to be doing what is it I'm trying to get out of life and why am I not doing it and it's the same reason I wasn't getting up I think I was afraid you're afraid of pain you're afraid of change um, you know change is interesting because it's it's a it's a step into the unknown even if you think you know where you're going it's never going to turn out quite like you expect. And when that happens, then it becomes a thing. It's like, then you look back and go, did I waste my time? What the hell happened here? What am I doing with my life um, that led me to this place? You know, uh, I've got friends who are 
uh, planning other things. They're doing that. You know, I see this all the time. My friends are getting a bunch of stuff done. I have uh, an acquaintance, a colleague, someone I worked with in LA who's possibly up for an Emmy Award this year for some of the work she did on TV. And I'm thrilled to death for her. You know, um, I think jealousy flares up in that a little bit, just kind of in the back of my mind. But her journey is not my journey. So I'm not angry about that. I'm like, I could have had that role. I'm like, no, I couldn't. Uh, it was not, that's not my stuff, you know? And, but then it leads me to sit there and think, what is my stuff? What is it that I'm trying to achieve out of my career that I'm not doing? You know, what am I afraid of? What is it that I'm, what is it that I'm not pushing for, for that particular thing? So if you have a goal in mind and you know what the steps are in between, why aren't you taking that next step? What is it that is... What is it that you're avoiding from taking that next step? It's possible maybe you think there's a landmine under there, which could be a metaphorical landmine, not a literal landmine. Um, maybe it's just you don't, you're worried about what you might become. Maybe it's something you think you won't like what you turn into. Maybe you think that it's too hard Maybe you think that it's not worth it. You'll lose friends. You'll lose uh, respect, I guess. I don't know. I wish I could figure out what it is for me. I really do. And I think sometimes, I think about that with this podcast too. And I, I will make a confession here with that. Uh, obviously, as you could tell, we have not been as good about releasing episodes as we could be. Um, and that's, that's mostly my fault. I'm not going to lie. That is, that's almost all my fault. I am responsible for producing, you know, the post-production on these episodes. Once Brian and I record every week, um, I'm the one responsible for getting them out and doing the post-production and getting it out on time, but then I don't do it. And I'm not sure why. And I think that it's become one of these things where, we, you know, we're recording, we're chatting, the, the chats are recorded, that's great and stuff, but then I think I'm afraid of putting it out there for the public because then it's like, what if they don't like it? And then I realized, this, especially this week, um, I realized, and that's part of why I did today solo, is if they don't like it, does it really matter? Because if we're just yelling into the wind, then it's, then it's no different than if we're just recording it and not releasing it. Maybe if we're recording it and releasing it, maybe other people will understand and sympathize and say, hey, yeah, you know, these guys, I like what they're saying. Maybe I should contact them and go, yeah, good job. Or you guys suck, man. You do, uh, you know, all the, you know, like a YouTube comment page. Um, yeah, don't ever read YouTube comments, folks. It's just not, it's not a pretty, don't read any internet comments. Let's be honest. It's, it's not a pretty picture out there. Um, so I want to apologize to you, the listener, for not doing my job. Because that is part of my job, is getting those episodes out on time uh, on a regular basis. So I want to apologize for that. And I want you to know that we're going to do better going forward. Uh, the previous episode we did two weeks ago um, on Guardians of the Galaxy, I insisted on pushing it out as soon as we were done so that we could get it out the day after, because we were recording the day after the movie was released. And um, I thought it was good to get it out quickly and uh, see what happened with it. Uh, I hope that going forward, we will do that on a more regular basis. 
next week, uh, for sure, Phoenix Comic Con's coming up. And I'm kind of excited about that. I want to go experience the con. I went last year for the first time in a long time, and I really enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, I think we have an episode, I'm pretty sure we have an episode in the can at least, discussing my experiences with Comic-Con last year. Um, One of the big things I suffer from a lot is social anxiety as well. So I know that, especially on Saturday, I mean, Phoenix Comic-Con last year, we were like 125,000 people there over the course of the weekend, most of them on Saturday. And when you're in a huge crowd like that on a Saturday in in a confined space like the Phoenix Convention Center, it can get a little nerve-wracking. For anybody who has claustrophobia, things like that, especially even if you're in a wide-open space like the dealer's room, there's so many people around you that are kind of crushed together and you're trying to find lanes through stuff. And it it can get very uh, discomforting to be in that uh, from time to time. And so, you, you know, it's like, where do you find those respites? Where do you find those places where you can back off and how do you get through an entire day where there's limited bathroom space and water supply, (laughs) um, things like that. You know, uh, I think it's, I think it'll be fine. I may not go all four days. I did, I did got my pass in the mail last week. I am prepped to go. I've gone through the schedule. I've picked out the panels I want to attend. I've, you know, I've have an idea. Unfortunately, most of them are front loaded. So, uh, every day of the week at the beginning of the day at like 1030 when the con sort of starts going with the panel, there's like four panels that are all at the same time and all of them I want to attend. And it's so frustrating, you know, because then it's like, well, I have to make this choice. And that's when that other fear kicks in, the fear of missing out or FOMO, because uh, I want to experience everything and then I can't. So it it kind of tears at me a little bit. But I find once I've made that choice and I'm in that panel or I'm sitting there, it's like, okay. This is fine. I'm learning stuff. This is great. Or this is a waste of time. If nothing else, I've learned not to attend this panel again. Um, So I don't know. I mean, last year I went, I did go for like the entire day, every day, and kind of wiped myself out uh, physically, energy-wise as well. I mean, I walked a lot for sure. I think I got probably 10 miles in one day. I just, I was walking back and forth all over the place. I've been, you know, been tracking my steps and stuff, so I'm really interested to see what uh, what my step count is when I uh, hit the hit the con again this year. Um, I will probably spend a lot of time in the dealers hall, just kind of looking around. Um, I know a couple people who actually have booths there and stuff personally, so it's like, yay, I can can visit and things. I might buy more artwork like I did last year. Uh, I have a few things here, but I kind of want to get some more, just little stuff, maybe uh, some T-shirts be nice. Uh, so one time a year I can find, I might luck into finding graphic tees that I like that are in my size. Cause I'm not a small man. Um, but yeah, no, um, I'm excited. Phoenix comic con this year. It looks like it's going to be really interesting. They've had some cancellations because of, uh, shooting schedules and whatnot, but, uh, it's next weekend. Uh, over Memorial Day weekend. So, like, John Delancey's going to be there. The big draw, I guess, is Dick Van Dyke is coming, which is like, holy crap. Uh, that's exciting, you know. Um, I, you know, Karen Gillan uh, from Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy, she's going to be there. Uh, Ryan Hurst from Sons of Anarchy is going to be there. Gabriel Luna, 
uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just this season. It's going to be there. John Delancey is here again. Uh, Danny Trejo, I know he'll be a big draw um, as well, I think. There's a good, a good number of people this year. I think it's. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. Alan Tudyk's back again this year, which is terrific. He was fun last year as well. Uh, Kevin Conroy, I will say, he's the one guy I want to meet. A lot of people don't know him necessarily, but uh, for those of you who are animation fans or comic fans, you definitely know him. He has been the voice of Batman for like 25 plus years. Not in everything, but from Batman the Animated Series, kind of going forward off and on through some of the video games and everything. He's played Batman in a lot of stuff. And um, I've seen him, actually I saw him on screen in a few things when in his younger days. And I'm really interested to meet him. So I might fork over for like an autograph thing or something. I don't usually do that, but uh, it's it's worth my time. If I get some FaceTime with him, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, being another voiceover guy, I want he's just somebody I really want to meet because I've, I've admired his work. And so I want to be able to take that moment and say, hey, yeah, I'm a fan of your work. Uh, so... I don't know. Um, there's some authors as well. There's a bunch of authors, uh, comic artists, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously the big con of the year is in San Diego every year over the 4th of July. And that, that gets, you know, two, 300,000 people there, uh, which is insane. But, but, you know, these cons, they can be fun. I think if you're, if you, if you schedule your time right and you know what you want to go to and, uh, can hit hit the high points and then just fill in the extras with other little stuff. I think you you'll get a good experience out of. It. I think it's just a chance to sort of be there with other people who like the things that you like, or who like things you don't like, but that's okay too. You know, they like other stuff. There's plenty of things to to see and do at at a convention like Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, it's huge. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, for sure. So I think that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, my back will be a little bit better. I'm getting a little more physical therapy before the con starts and things like that. And uh, I'm going to try to kind of sit up and down and just kind of watch myself over the course of the weekend and figure out what's going to be best for me in terms of how long I stay there and uh, each day and how do I survive it. You know, especially because you're going to be on your feet. It's a lot of walking around and not a lot of sitting. Uh, <laughs> so. Which the, the the not sitting part might be okay because that's really when my back has been hurting is when I'm trying to sit, but um, hopefully if I'm standing walking around having a good time it shouldn't be a huge issue. Uh, it will also be hot because you know it's May in Arizona. That's uh, that's just the way it goes. I think it's going to be over a hundred today again. Finally, uh, it's been the weather's been a little low lately. Um, it has been kind of. Yeah, it's been dropping off a bit uh, of late because I don't know why. You know, all sorts of crazy weather stuff. No, it's not even going to be 100 till like tomorrow. But it's supposed to get up to like 107 by Tuesday. And then and then it's going to drop back into like the high 90s over the course of Comic-Con. So, and that's your weather report coming forward for from the Brian Trust. Uh, the... Let's see. Yeah, I want to get back to... Um, talking about fear and moving forward and stuff. I find that one of the big things that I struggle with, I don't know if it's fear or if I just don't want to do it. 
Um, some of it was I went through, uh, as we talked about in a previous episode, I got a huge box of stuff from my mom. That, that's a bunch of stuff from like my early childhood up through high school. You know, um, most of it's from really early childhood stuff I never even had seen before, and pictures and places I don't remember. Um, things like that. My sister remembers a little bit, and she got a box as well. And we kind of compared notes and photos and things like that. And her, I will say, her photo collection was way cooler than mine for the most part. Um, but there were interesting things. There were old progress reports and things from school that I was reading. And there's one that even goes back from like preschool that I thought was really fascinating because the way it described, basically she was describing my behavior. And this is when I was probably about four years old and it was pretty much, he, you know, it was pretty much talking about how I, you know, when I'm engaged in conversation, kind of like I'm talking to you now, I can keep talking and talking and talking for, you know, however long I keep going. But if there's something going on that I don't want to do, I will sit there and wait in the hopes that somebody else will get it done and or that somebody else will do it. And eventually, like maybe at the last minute, I will grudgingly do it. And I think that's really true. And that really hasn't changed for me. Even for almost 40 years later, that still rings true. And that kind of bothers me a little bit that I'm that way because I'm not really that way at work, I find. Um Usually it's if uh, if I get, you know, my boss brings me something, I usually, that's I'll jump right on it and get it done, mainly because I want to get it out of my way. Um, I used to be that way with schoolwork too, around that little, when I was a little older, probably about seven or eight, um, I would just do the, I would do the work assignments in class and just get them done so I could read, you know, get, get the stuff I didn't want to do out of the way so I could enjoy the things I really wanted to do. But now I find... And this may just come from everybody with getting older and uh, having more responsibility placed on you as you get older because there's just more. There's so much more out there now. And then the birth of the internet and, and everything else. The things I don't, the things that I don't want to do or the things that I do want to do are so overpowering and all-consuming that the stuff that I don't want to do easily gets shoved to the side. Um, I mean, I've lived in this apartment now for almost two years. I still never completely unpacked. Um, I don't think I vacuumed in here for a long time. I mean, I'm not here very often, mostly because I'm at work most of the day. But yeah, some things could use a dusting. I could, you know, be more disciplined about making my bed. Um, Little things like that. Cleaning, picking up my clothes, picking up, you know, doing the things that I was always kind of had to, my mother had to nag me to do when I was a child. But you know, I still don't get them done because they just don't feel important. But then I realized, I, I started thinking about it because I've been meaning to, and part of this came because I, when I injured my back, um, the, the, the floor in my living room is covered with boxes right now because it was stuff that I was kind of decluttering and reorganizing. I, uh, took me, took me, you know, nearly a month to kind of reorganize my living room and move furniture around when I could have had it done in a day if I really wanted to. I just was ending up doing like a little bit at a time every week or something just because I'm like, eh, all right, let's get this done. Um, and I think that uh, that disturbs me a little bit that I, that I was that slow about that. And I think that that's another thing, another reason why I struggle with my career as an actor 
is because I don't want to do the things that, you know, don't appeal to me. I don't think they're going to, don't think they really matter. You know, if it's stuff that you think doesn't have a bigger impact on your life, you don't want to do it. You want to focus on the stuff that's going to maximize your efforts. But what I realized was it all really matters. I think that even the little stuff, you know, when they talk about making your bed or picking up after yourself or, um, you know, brushing your teeth on a daily basis or those things, it really does all matter in the end. Yes, to varying degrees, it might not have as big of an impact on your life, but those little impacts do add up uh, eventually. So I could sit here, like if my back was 100, you know, if I was back at 100%, I could be a madman and, and do a whirlwind cleaning job in this place or whatever and take the entire weekend and get that done and be like, yay. But then I would probably slack off again forever because the, the long-term maintenance of that, the habit has not been built for yet. That grammar was terrible. I'm sorry. The habits for long-term maintenance have not yet been built. And so, you know, you could do a massive clean or a massive shred of documents or things like that, but then it still piles up. You just let it pile up again because everything's clean. Um, I tried, I was pretty minimalist for a while. Uh, I did get some more furniture in here and things to try and help organize stuff, but then it just became more flat surfaces to just put random things on and not actually clean up and get organized, which I regret. You know, I regret that. I think that it's good to keep things organized, to keep things clean so you know where to find them, so you can trust that the tools that you have, that there's a place for what you bring into your life. Um, so I've thought about actually removing, again, trimming back down, on the on those flat surfaces, mainly so I don't have a place to put things so that I can be pickier about what I bring into my life. And that's really the key. What are What is it that you want to bring into your life? Do you have a space for it? If you want to make a space for it, what are you going to what are you going to take out of that space to make room for it? Something to think about, you know, um, consumption is OK. I think I think judicious consumption makes more sense. You know, you want to be practical about, about what the things you bring in. Not everything. Obviously, there's stuff that you want to have simply because you enjoy it. Like, I mainly ended up with artwork last year from Phoenix Comic Con, like the stuff I bought, because my walls were bare. I had nothing to hang on the walls at all. Like, I had, like, zero artwork to hang on the walls. And so I was like, well, I need to put something up there. And Comic Con's coming up. Let's just go buy some stuff. So unfortunately, I mean, I got some lovely things uh, some, from some really good artists uh, that I like, that I personally like. You know, it's not like they're worth a fortune or, you know, it's not a Van Gogh or, you know, a replica of a replica of the Mona Lisa or something on my wall. But they're, it's just stuff I really found. It was either funny or it just tickled me personally or fit a particular fandom that I have uh, that worked. I mean, I've got one, I've got a couple that are like combo Things there's a Calvin and Hobbes slash Doctor Who uh, print that I really like um, that's up there. There's a I've got one that's a mix of MST and Star Wars. You know, um, I think it just uh, kind of depends on what your particular tastes are. Find the things that fit into what you want to invite into your life. No, that doesn't make sense. Find make make a choice for what you want to invite into your world. Find a place for it, create a place for it, 
and then just and then bring that in, but don't bring too much in. You know, don't overload on one thing. Find a balance for that stuff. Because then if you find that balance in your life, it will help you kind of present yourself. Not it will you can present it to yourself. No, let me let me rephrase that. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, uh, the Inside Acting Podcast, which if you're an actor or in the entertainment industry, I highly recommend get listening to it because it's a terrific podcast. Um, Trevor and AJ are the hosts, and I met them because they, because they had the podcast, and and I respect them and things like that. And they were talking yesterday. Um, the latest episode was listener feedback, and they were asking about they were talking about how you present yourself, you know, the way you dress, the way you because uh, one guy had a question about moving out of his mom's basement. And he was like, well, you're phrasing the question the wrong way. You're phrasing your desire the wrong way. Because it shouldn't be that, oh, I live in my mom's basement, woe is me. Um, you want to present yourself in a way to, uh, to reflect the reality that you want. That idea of dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You know, um, But do that in your whole life, not just in one place. Now it's not, I'm not talking about if you're living in, in, you know, if you're living in your mom's basement or whatever, going out and buying a BMW, like a brand new BMW with, you know, a $30,000 a month lease or whatever. Uh, obviously you don't want to do that. That's ridiculous. What you want to do is, is take what, use what you have to present the image of what you want to become. You know, find those things that, so that you can, so that other people will see you that way. If you see yourself that way, then you can present yourself so that other people can see you that way. And then eventually you'll get, you will probably get the opportunity or you will create the opportunity to achieve that look, to achieve what it is you want. Um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, I, yeah, I really hope that makes sense because I'm not sure it makes sense entirely to me yet. That's probably why I struggle. I, I tend to, I'm good at helping other people find these answers. I'm really bad at finding my own answers from time to time. So tell you what, why don't you tell me what you think I should do with my life? No, um, but I'd love to hear back from uh, the audience. Brian and I would absolutely love to hear from anybody uh, about this. You can um, get our podcast uh, on our website at briantrustpodcast.com, which reminds me I, that websites do another overhaul uh, to something nicer. And I am working on that uh, slowly, but surely. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or you can get the RSS feed from our website and use it in whatever fine podcatchers there are. I personally use Overcast, um, uh, which you can get at overcast.fm or in the iTunes or uh, uh, in the iTunes store. Uh, there are some really good uh, Android app uh, podcast programs as well, that kind of thing. That's fine. Uh, so wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe to us. And if you do subscribe via iTunes, please rate and review the show because that's how the podcast gets discovered by other people. And you can also communicate with us directly on the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash the Brian trust. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com at, you know, at the Brian trust. Uh, you can also communicate with us directly individually, uh, uh, especially on Twitter on Twitter. I am at actor geek and Brian is at B Selkie. Uh, so we appreciate you listening to the show and I promise I will backfill the catalog with all those episodes very quickly, uh, especially since we didn't really have a full episode this week and may take next week off because I'm at Comic-Con. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure yet what we're going to do with that, but um, we will be back. If not next week, then the week after, back on our regular schedule. Uh, fates for fates, uh, fates allow, you know. Uh, but um, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Now that just didn't work. <laughs> we'll find an ending for this someday, I swear. <laughs>